What's better than Monday Night Football? Breaking down MLB on a Monday night, going into a Tuesday slate. I'm Jason from WinDailySports.com. I'm paired with Adam, and we're here to break down the Tuesday, April 12th slate for DraftKings and FanDuel, give you some bets, give you our favorite plays. Adam had a good early slate going into Monday, and then extra innings in Colorado took away a lot of money for me, but was a profitable slate. The rest of the Monday night slate is still going down. Hopefully, you avoided the landmines. There's pitching landmines everywhere. Aces, scrubs, they're all getting, you know, they're all going like two or three innings, maybe four if you're lucky. If you're really lucky, you get somebody who goes five or six innings here. But a lot of injuries, a lot of low bitch counts, and a lot of guys is getting smashed early. So we're going to break down. The early slate, it's a three-gamer. It's an ugly three-gamer. Most three-gamers are ugly. We got Shane Bieber up top and Tyler Molly going against each other. Now, Adam, from a strategy standpoint, these are the two best guys on the slate. It's a three-game slate. How do you feel about pitching both of them together on DraftKings and just hoping that they go out there and get the strikeouts you need, low earned runs, and the other guys who aren't that good at pitching um, kind of, you know, get outscored by these two guys. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a pretty popular way to go about it, um, just based on who you have available. Um, you know, Matt Brash is a rookie who has some hype, but I'm not sure the White Sox are the team that you want to target in your first career start. Uh, it's probably not going to end well more often than not. I'm sure Drew Smiley will probably be in that top three ownership as well against the Pirates in PNC. Um you know, this is one of the worst teams in baseball last year against lefty pitching. Didn't work out on Sunday against Steven Matz. He, he got beat up a little bit, but I'm going to be willing to say the Pirates don't do that very often this year. Yeah, looking at Vegas right now, the Cincinnati-Cleveland game, and Cincinnati is a, a hitter's ballpark, and I think at this point it's really close to Colorado and Coors Field, and this game has an over-under eight-and-a-half Seattle game, nine and a half, and the Pittsburgh game, nine. And these are the two best pitchers. So I'm leaning that direction. If you had to put a gun to my head right now to make a lineup the night before, I'm probably trying to build around Molly and Bieber. I want to ask you, man, before we get to the late slate, any love, just like a little bit of love for Vince Velasquez and Jose Quintana? At one point in time, they did have a high K rate. They also have high walk rates. They also turned into like number four, number five, or even relievers at time. Any love for these two guys? I mean, you could maybe talk me into taking a shot at Velasquez if you're playing, you know, three, five, something like that lineups. But if you're looking at single entry, probably not. Um, as far as Quintana goes, again, probably not. Like, you know, the Cubs lineup is set up pretty well against uh, the lefty pitching Quintana's best days were behind him three years ago. If they weren't, he wouldn't be in Pittsburgh. All right, man. So that's how that slate goes from a pitching perspective, from a hitting perspective. Look, if you're going to be pitching Molly and Bieber, which we're we're looking to do here, you said Brash has, you know, some upside, good prospect, but the best hitting crew on this slate are the Chicago White Sox. They have the highest over under a nine and a half. Part of that has to do with the fact that Vince Velasquez is pitching. But the White Sox, a good hitter's part. I think they're going to be the number one stack on the slate. 
You got them at number one. If so, tell me who you got at number two or number three here. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you know, the White Sox are going to be one, but you're going to have to be a little bit creative as far as when you stack them. You're probably going to use some of these guys in the lower end of the lineup, uh, do the wraparound kind of deal, you know, eight, nine, and then you pick, you know, two of those top four guys to use because obviously the White Sox aren't cheap and they shouldn't be. Um, but I think, like, you can kind of complement that with taking, like, some one-offs from the uh, – maybe even the Seattle side. You know, you have guys okay. like Kel- Kelnick, who's 3,700, um, trying to find Julio Rodriguez, uh, the young kid they just you know, called up to start the season. Um, he's still flat K or flat 2K, the absolute flat minimum. Like, that's a guy that he's going to hit lower in the lineup, and that's fine because they're on the road. So he's guaranteed the full nine innings. And at 2K, like, it's, it's hard to really – hurt you like even like okay he gets a zero you spent two thousand if everyone everything else in your lineup hits it's not the worst outcome and like even tonight you know he drew a walk and he stole a base he's already at seven if he does that for you at you know 2k you're really not complaining yeah i think a way that i would initially try to build and see if it's at all possible working around look at the it's an early day game hopefully you get some backup catchers that can provide some value as well you know, the White Sox are expensive at the top, but they've been throwing out, you know, a couple guys in a lineup that, you know, typically are a little bit cheaper, like a Gavin Sheets, maybe a Larry yeah. Garcia's in a lineup or Adam Engel's in a lineup. These guys got pop. It could work out for you. So, like, if you're building with Beaver and Molly, you can get Sheets either at first base or in the outfield. If you play them at first base, it really opens up stuff because you can leave that one other you know, outfield spot open. Garcia, a little bit expensive. You know, I'm not, like, in love with the price of 4100 if you're going to go there. But I like your thoughts here. You know, with Seattle, there are some cheap options with Seattle here. And Velasquez is not a guy who worries me at all. So I would love to pair Bieber and Molly and maybe go with, like, a 4-3-1 stack where you're going to go four, you know, White Sox, three Seattle, and then a cheap punt at one of the positions and get a 2K guy, you know, potentially from the Chicago-Pittsburgh game, you know, 2K, 2,500. I think it works out. I even built, like, a core lineup right now with the most expensive White Sox, with Molly and Bieber, getting Anderson, Robert, and Jimenez in sheets. You still got an average on DK of 3,100 to fill out your last four spots. I think you can get there. Yeah, Yeah, you can get there with, like, two 2k guys and rounding out another white Sox there so i like that that's how i'm gonna build really you know haven't locked in with any bets in this early slate is there any team that you feel has the edge maybe the white Sox minus 125 but you're you're backing up vince velasquez which is kind of scary cubs out of the gate they're winning ball games do you like them potentially against your pirates any bets you like yeah, I mean, honestly, the money line for the Cubs right now is only minus one fifteen, and I understand they're throwing Drew Smiley like he's not, you know, the cream of the crop pitcher. But if you took the money line at minus one fifteen, you can even take the run line. They're minus one point five for plus one forty five. Like offensively, they have a titanic advantage against these Pirates, and with both teams throwing out questionable pitching, that one forty five returns pretty generous for winning by two runs. Yeah, I like that. That's what I was saying. The the White Sox, they do make some sense. The Cubs, you know, they make some sense as well on both sides of the ball there. We'll definitely be laying out some props. I've been hitting a bunch of props 
on the first week of baseball. So make sure you hop in our expert chat at windailysports.com. We have a Discord chat. We lay our props in there pretty, you know, pretty early in, in the morning, early afternoon, depending on the times of these games, because props come out a little bit later. But we do got you covered on props also on Monkey Night Fight, Prize Picks, all your sports books. So make sure you check us out at windailysports.com. If you want to try it out for a week, use promo code radio for a free week of our offer. But go into the late slate. Look, we're going to skip the, the two six o'clock games. As much as I want to talk about, you know, this Mets Phillies game, it's in a weird spot. It's not going to be on a main slate at 645. So let's jump to the main slate. And the first game we got to talk about from a stacking perspective are the Yankees and Blue Jays. You got two lefties going on the mound versus two power righty lineups. And the over under this game is starting at 10. I wouldn't be shocked if it goes to 10.5 or even 11 by game time. Is this the number one stack of the slate right now for you? Um, it's definitely up there. I, I do think a team like Houston is probably near the, the top of the list for me as well. Um, maybe St. Louis against the lefty that kind of hasn't figured out his way yet in uh, Daniel Lynch. I think, you know, definitely has some upside there too. But, you know, listen, you're in Yankee Stadium. You have, like you said, you have two lefties, righty heavy lineups, especially on the Blue Jays side. Like they can literally run out, you know, eight, eight righties on a, on a given slate. Like they did tonight. So I definitely have no issues attacking Nestor Cortez. He pitched pretty well last year. It's still the Blue Jays. I mean, these guys can go off any given slate. And honestly, like the, the Yankees have kind of leaned on this bullpen early. Tyon's given them a little bit of length so far tonight. But in that Red Sox series, they had to turn to the pen early and often, which, you know, we've seen so far with limited pitch counts is probably not the most ideal thing for a lot of teams. Yeah, and I, I heard you mentioned the Houston Astros. Last week, you were trying to sell me on some mad bum. I was trying to sell you off of him. Now they're facing a totally different lineup here, man. These Houston Astros can hit. They got some big bats throughout the entire lineup here. So talk about these Astros, why you like them. Obviously, you got Altuve, Bregman, Gurriel, Adamas Diaz, who's been hitting well, too, from the right side. Even McCormick's been hitting, too. Are you leaning on the right side of this lineup, or is it mad bum and, and all bets are off and you're going to have your Don and, and a power stack for these Astros? Yeah, I think you can throw Tucker or Jordan into the stack and make it a little bit different. And to be fair, when I was you know talking last week about mad bum, my take was more he was going to rule on the Padres stack, which he did, for the record. He did. He the did. Padres, Padres were mad not... chalk on that slate, yeah. and they didn't do much. So I was half right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like you look at the Houston lineup, man, it's, it's going to be filled with righties and they're so cheap. Yearly Gurriel might be back. I know he was on fraternity leave. He is expected to be back in the lineup tonight. He's 3,900. Like the only Astro hitter that's over five is Altuve. And even he's easily attainable at 52. Like I, I kind of expect these guys to be really expensive. I flipped to their page. They're not at all. Jeremy Pena is playing shortstop for them. 2200 he started off at 375 an ops over a thousand i get it it's early you know we're not going just by game logs here but somebody that cheap who's been hitting you know in the back half of that astros lineup that still gets you exposure that still gets you in that lineup alex bregman's 4500 i wouldn't be surprised if houston's probably the chalkiest stack or at the very least top three tonight given their salaries because they're just not expensive enough 
I like the call of that, but I'm going to mention one other team here. And if you if you can get onto some early trends early in the season, it does pay off. A guy that I'm going to mention is a guy that you're probably not going to guess I'm going to mention, but his price hasn't changed yet. Connor Joe and these Colorado Rockies are super cheap. I like them for a mini stack. And the reason being is I want the power bats, and Connor Joe somehow is a power bat. Him, Chris Bryant, and CJ Crone um, yeah. are in a nice spot, man. Martin Perez does not fear, you know, he puts no fear in my heart. He's a guy that I, I've stacked against for years and years and years. Sometimes he does limit damage. He's a ground ball pitcher. I know it. But Crone at 4,300 on DraftKings, Connor Joe at 3,100 on DraftKings, and you get Chris Bryant. You know, at 4,300 as well. So it's a nice little mini stack. We'll see how the rest of his lineup lines up. But if Grichik or Althor and Grichik as well. Yeah, you, know, you if, got if some guys there. You got some guys there against the lefty. Texas and, and Colorado have been banging so far this series. The over-under is 10.5 as well. And then you can always run a, a somewhat of a game stack. And this would be a spot to go back and grab, you know, Corey Seeger potentially. You know, some guys at the bottom of the lineup, one of the two Calhouns, they've been starting to heat up. I don't even want to say this guy's name, but Brad Miller will probably be in play too. So I think this can be, you know, a little sneaky stack. A lot of people are going to gravitate towards, you know, the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Astros. I think this game has some game stack material. So thoughts on both sides of the Rockies and the Rangers. No, I, I like both sides of it. Um, Brad Miller's been leading off a lot of nights against righties. Let me tell you from personal experience, Chad Cool is not good. Hashtag yep. not good. They went into extras today, so they've been leaning on bullpens. You know, I don't think either one of their starters went past five innings. So that's five plus innings their bullpens had to cover again today. Texas was coming out of a series against Toronto. So needless to say, their starters weren't weren't finding the most success ever. Um and yeah, I mean, Colorado's not always a team that I stack on the road, but at their price tags, and it's not like Texas is a bad hitting environment by any stretch imaginable, it'll be one of the better ones, along with Arizona on the slate. There's definitely some game stack possibilities here. So last team that I like, and then you can have the floor as far as any other stacks that you like, we were looking to pitch Dakota Hudson. We were looking to stack these Cardinals, but the game got rained out on Monday afternoon. Now they get a better matchup, I would assume, versus Daniel Lynch here. Look, you want – when I see the Cardinals, the first thing I, I hope to see on the other side is a lefty. And I know Lynch, you know, has some stuff. He's obviously in the pros. But you throw out Carlson, O'Neal, Goldschmidt, Arenado, and probably DeJong or, or maybe Edmund or Bader at the bottom of the lineup. If you want to throw Yachty in there, I don't mind Yachty's. It's a little bit overpriced for me. But the Cardinals stack, backing it up with Hudson as well. I think Hudson's a nice little value here. You know, the Cardinals are arrested. You know, they get the day off today. So that should help them out a little bit. Thoughts on the Cardinals stack because, you know, the over-under in this game is only 8.5. Hudson's favorite at a minus 200 favorite. That's probably meaning that, you know, the Cardinals are projected to score four and a half, five runs, somewhere in that range. So I like Hudson, but I do like the Cardinals stack even more. Talk about the Cardinals here, bud. Yeah, I'm not really in love with Hudson myself, um, at least at this point. You know, I could change my mind after I do rotation tonight, but just first glance, it's probably not where I'm going. 
But, you know, with Daniel Lynch, like you mentioned, like, yes, he has some upside. Yes, he's a, a highly regarded arm. Um, he did not put it together in 68 innings last year. Only 55 strikeouts through those 68 innings, a 1.63 whip, an ERA over five and a half. I mean, the, the guy got hit hard, and he got hit hard often. And this Cardinals team got to feast on the Pirates pitching staff to start the year. They started out pretty well. It's probably going to continue um, until Lynch gives me a reason to say, okay, maybe he's getting – some things are clicking for him at the major league level. I don't see much of a reason to not continue to attack him in some format. Got you on that one. This last two games here, man, we, we just got to talk about quickly. The Dodgers twins, man. I, I didn't even know Chris Archer was still in the league, I'll be honest, man. Like, he's been so in and out. And I didn't even realize that Andrew Heaney is pitching for the Dodgers now. Dodgers versus twins over under of nine. And then you got Patrick Corbin facing off against the Atlanta Braves. Lefty, you saw him get hit up against the Mets. I think the Braves have a good power lineup for the right side. Two other stacks that could play into Monday night. Any thoughts on those two? Uh, Braves will probably be pretty popular once again. They were like stone chalk tonight. Um, slightly bigger slate tomorrow, but they're all still very affordable. Matter of fact, I think they went down $100 pretty much across the board. So that tells you all you need to know there. Um, and then uh, really both pitchers, in the Dodgers-Minnesota game is interesting. It looks like we might have some weather concerns. But if both these guys go, it's hard not to look at, again, both sides of the plate here. I mean, Los Angeles is one of the best lineups in baseball. We don't need to really, like, spend a lot of time talking about this. And then he had a home run per nine over two last season. I mean, the guy just got hammered routinely. So if you're giving me righty power bats from the Minnesota side, um, you know, starting obviously with Buxton, I'll definitely be looking quite a bit on that side as well. I would love to see, side note, I would love to see 150 games out of Buxton. Like what that yeah, would equate a lot of to. People, including yeah, If you can equate 150 games of Buxton, because he came out so hot last year, got hurt. This year is coming out hot again. I want to see 150. You could be talking MVP out of Minnesota. You probably won't win a playoff game because they don't do those types of things. But an MVP – could be in play here. Now, Adam, you write one of the best pitching articles in the industry at windailysports.com. You do it seven days a week. You can check it out there anytime. Our projection models, lineup optimizers are there as well. Of course, our expert chat. So make sure you like, you subscribe, turn on the notifications onto this show. It'll be on every single day of the week. And also hop over to windailysports.com. Get yourself a free week. Use promo code radio. Lock in, optimizer projection models, all that kind of good stuff. But Adam, this is your part of the show right now, man. I want to get your top pitchers of the slates and the gas can. I know you like to hit on those gas cans as well. So give me your top pitchers, the guys that you're going to be doing a little more research tonight. I know you're not locking in anybody the night before, but give me the guys that you like going into Tuesday. Yeah, my initial read uh first glance is I'm probably going to be under the field on you, Darvish. Uh, he is the lone guy over 10K on DK. Didn't look spectacular his first start, and Arizona is a pretty weak lineup. San Francisco is certainly a better one. Um, you know, I'll get into why I'm not super into that play, wait, but wait, 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 wait! I got, I got to stop you. I need an explanation here. 
Didn't look spectacular. He had a no hitter through six, and they took him out. What wasn't spectacular about it's the, it's Arizona. Let me, let me rephrase that. Spectacular for fantasy and by some of okay. the underlying metrics. He had more walks and strikeouts. He left that game with a 625 XFIP. Now, granted, it's a one-game sample. It doesn't matter. Like, pitchers can get hit on the nose and kind of escape the raindrops and look worse in the box score on the advanced metrics after the game. Doesn't always matter. He did limit the damage. He didn't give up a hit, all that. But if you pay ten grand for another fifteen to seventeen DK points, it's really not that great of an investment. Even on these slates where he threw ninety-two pitches, and that, like right off the bat, that's a competitive advantage. If he's not striking guys out at ten-one, it doesn't help you that much. No, I, I get that. So if you're not really on board with Darvish, and I think the price does dictate things on Fanduel. He's probably going to be, you know, in my eyes, the best play because there's blemishes on, on a lot of these guys that we're going to mention after. You know, I don't want to go to, you know, Heaney on DraftKings or, or Eric Lauer here, but who do you like if you're going to be fading Darvish on DraftKings? I do like Luis Garcia. Um, he flashed some serious potential last year for the Astros. K rate over 26.4%, uh, barrel rate under 7.5 bit more of a fly ball pitcher than you'd necessarily like. It was it was around 40%. But if you can keep an XFIP under four with a home or a fly ball rate that high, it's pretty good. And he generated a 13.4% swing strike rate. Like this kid has some stuff. He, he hasn't quite put it all together how to use it. But just his pure stuff is pretty nasty so far. And the other good thing is um, he's still only 25, so you, you can expect some improvement. The only uh, the only kind of hesitation here is he probably will face a good bit of lefties. That was a weak spot for him last year. Three uh, three fifty three woba it was not ideal from the left side of the plate. The argument here is the quality of lefties that he faces is not that good in Arizona. So we'll kind of see where he shakes out. But that's definitely somebody that has my eye here early, at least on the high end. And then kind of in that mid-range, almost towards punt territory, you know, it's not going to be the most crowded starting rotation ever because there's not a lot of options. Alex Cobb has supposedly been throwing 95 to 97 with his fastball in the spring. That's a big velocity jump from him. Doesn't always translate to immediate success. But with a guy like him who has a four-seamer sinker and throws a splitter a little bit, if he's gaining velocity at this point, it's something I'm really going to be looking into because it's 7K. You know, if he can go five innings, four or five strikeouts, you know, one, maybe two runs tossed, maybe a little bit heavier in the strikeouts, that's going to be interesting. And the San Diego lineup, let's face it, without Tatis, it's, it's a bit more average, and they're probably not as great against righties as, as they will be later on in the year when he's back. Now, we did a show on opening day, and I and I said, I got a lot of friends at DraftKings that work there. And I, and I said, you know, somebody dropped the ball on opening day. Now I realize it can't be a human being because this just makes absolutely no sense to me, unless I, I'm reading something wrong here. Hudson was supposed to pitch on Monday. His price was 8100 The game gets rained out. Now he's 6,300. Same matchup. The name's the same. 
what the hell is going on with DraftKings? Why would they like? Did he did he like break a nail like in between you know Monday night and Tuesday? Like what the hell went on here? Or is their algorithm broken because they said okay, you know we shifted him a game and now he's potentially like a, you know I don't know what, what happened here and now do we have to play Hudson at sixty three hundred? Their algorithm is is messed up because it, <laughs> yeah, it went. I would say it so. went the it went the right way, but Robbie Ray got rained out opening day, and then the next day he was like eighty four hundred. He he climbed Makes by like sense. two grand, which yeah. yeah, he should have been more expensive in the first place. But <laughs> yeah. again, you just moved a day. What like why why suddenly <laughs> do you change the price this drastically? Why do they price the Astros like this? Why did they price the Dodgers in Coors Field? like they were some bums <laughs> playing in the middle of nowhere. Now, granted, it didn't work. You know, the Dodgers sucked that night, but there was yeah. no reason for their prices to be there, and like none whatsoever. So let me ask you the question. Do the people who work at DraftKings realize yet that the algorithm is broken? Because, like, you would have thought they fixed it, like, day one, day two. Now it's still happening, so something is effed up. Like, something is definitely broken at DraftKings with their pricing model. Now, knowing that, Hudson at 6,300. I know you were off him for certain reasons, but in that range, if you got to go down, how do you turn down him versus KC? I know KC hit a little bit, you know, as of late, but 6,300 here, you know, any love here for Hudson at this price? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm totally off him. I got to look deeper. Um, the, uh, the Royals lineup, I think the more fears on the right side of the plate, which does play into Hudson's favor. And, you know, my first glance is I'd probably be more interested to get to Cobb, who's only $700 more. Depending on what happens with Mike Trout overnight, he got scratched tonight. I want to see if he's in the lineup tomorrow. Even Lozardo is going to probably be at least semi-interesting. The Angels yep. were quietly pretty bad against lefty pitching last season. You know, it's a little bit harder on Otani, who's a lefty. Jared Walsh is a lefty. If Trout's not in that lineup, Lizardo may not look that bad in that mid-range. Yeah, that, those two guys, both sides of that game, man. Like, I, I, I like to pick on Miami whenever I can. And I think L.A. is overrated. And if you tell me Trout's out of that lineup, they're really overrated. I think on both sides, might take a shot. On Sandoval and Lazardo, I probably lean Lazardo with you here. I think Sandoval is playable. Um, those are the last two guys on the slate that make any sense to me at this point. But Adam, I want to play a little game before we head out of here. Home run calls, it's tough to do, man. We didn't nail it, you know, on opening day, but I want to try this game again. So Give me a home run for the late slate, the main slate on DraftKings. You can pick anybody on the board. Somebody you think is going to go deep. Who's your man? Uh, I will say I'll take Bregman. Bregman for the Astros. I'm probably going to lean. I'm not a Yankee guy, but let's go with John Carlo versus Kikuchi. You know, Stanton's been hitting hot out the gate. I think the Yankees are going to be interesting here. Could go a lot of different ways. I think some Braves could be good. You know, some Cardinals could be good. But I'm going to stick with John Carlos Stanton on the slate. Everybody, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. 
Go to WindDailySports.com. Adam is in Discord 24-7, 365. we got NBA playoffs coming in. Any upsets you see in the NBA playoffs? I don't know if it was you that upset <laughs> Tony today, but you think these Sixers are, are not going to make it out of the first round? And I mean, who- I... Sorry, I, I didn't upset Tony today, but I can. Just, <laughs> I think the Raptors at least take it to seven. Okay. I, I'm, I, I have a soft prediction that they win. I just think, man, Toronto's just such a pain to play. Like they complete play hard team. every yeah, night, complete. right? They're, like they're going to have trouble scoring through parts of that series, but they just defend their asses off, man. They're going to be such an issue. And these guys are used to playing 40 minutes a night because it's all Nick Nurse did the entire season. Like, they don't care right. that they're going to play 40 minutes. That's, that's just what they do. That's, that's a Tuesday night against the Thunder for them. Real quick, who's your NBA final prediction? Who's going to make it to the finals and who takes it down? I think uh, I think we get Suns versus Bucks part two. Really? I think the Suns kind of get, not revenge, but, you know, they, they get one up, one back. I think uh, I think the Suns are going to win it this year. That might be Brooklyn. the trot call, but man, they, the Suns are just so good. And in crunch time, they like they just make every damn play, every single time down the floor, whichever side of the floor it's on, whatever play needs made, it, se- it just seems like the Suns make it every single time. Brooklyn Golden State makes a run, or they get knocked out early. Uh, depends on Curry for Golden State. We haven't seen him in a couple weeks. They're it, listen. As much as a Jokic guy as I am, Golden State should handle uh, Denver in the first round, probably four to two, I'd say. Brooklyn, it's it's hard to count these guys out. I mean, I don't need to sit here and say how great Durant and Kyrie are, but they have to prove they can defend. I'm not necessarily buying Ben Simmons. is just going to come in and be an impact player after not playing the entire season. They're saying he might be back for the, you know, the playoffs if they get there, which I, I think they handle Cleveland pretty easily. But it's a lot to ask of anybody to not play the whole year and just drop in and, you know, be a defender that Brooklyn really needs. Brooklyn can't stop anybody. Especially when you got head games going on and you can't get out of your own head. Like, that's the last – I was talking to Tony about that. That's the last way you want to come into that situation, just come cold into the playoffs. And if you make a mistake in the playoffs, like, you're you're done. Right. And the thing is, like, okay, Kyrie and KD, let's just say they average 70 for a series. That's that's a (laughs) lot of points. That's a lot, and they probably won't even average that. They're giving up 110 a night. Where are they getting the other 45 to 50 points every night they need to win? That's going to be the question for them. It's not KD and Kyrie, man. Well, we can talk about the NBA, and we'll definitely have an NBA show laying down some of these series, some bets to lay down. Hope everybody has a profitable Tuesday, early slate, late slate. Make sure you check us out at winddailysports.com. Like I said, use promo code RADIO. Get yourself a free week of our optimizer projection models and all that kind of good stuff. Good luck on a Monday night. Good luck on Tuesday. And we'll be back tomorrow breaking down the Wednesday slate.